back and you are back. We are back together for key finding. I took a little bit of a break for the holiday season. So I would like to say happy new year and welcome to 2018. Thank you for joining me for the podcast. If you've been joining me all along, I really appreciate you being here. One of the cool things that has been happening lately is I get like comments on Instagram or people emailing me telling me they're listening to the podcast, which is really cool. It makes me feel like it's not just me talking to myself. So if you've been here all along, I appreciate you. And I also appreciate you if this happens to be your first time listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My name is Carrie Mallon, and Key Finding is a podcast where we talk about tarot, we talk about self discovery, we talk about living creatively, and we talk about just all kinds of magical stuff. As I already mentioned, I ended up taking a bit of a break from the podcast for the holidays, and I do apologize if you were wondering where I went. I should have made that into a more formal announcement, but one of the main reasons I decided to take a break from the podcast is that right around New Year season, as a professional tarot reader, is my busiest time of year. I do New Year's tarot readings, and I do a lot of New Year tarot readings. So I've been throwing a lot of cards for people lately, offering people a lot of insight and guidance through tarot, and that has me thinking about what we are going to discuss on the podcast today. Today I am going to talk with you about how to give a meaningful tarot reading. So I guess I want to start by saying there's really no way I can cover this topic comprehensively. There's so much to say about this, but I have a few notes and a few ideas about ways that I feel we can approach tarot when we're reading for other people that make the reading really meaningful, really helpful, and really beneficial. So if you are a tarot reader who reads for other people, or if you are just sort of learning tarot and wanting to prepare yourself for reading for other people eventually, I hope that some of what I talk about today will give you some ideas of how you might approach that. One of the first things that I think is important when you are reading tarot for other people, but also this applies when you're reading for yourself as well, is getting clear with what you believe tarot is used for and what you personally choose to use tarot for. So there's a lot of different ways tarot has been used over the years. I come from the framework that tarot is a tool for self-empowerment, self-discovery, healing, and counseling. The idea that when I'm reading tarot for someone else, my main intention is to help them foster their self-discovery is the cornerstone of my practice when I'm reading for other people. So this seems like a simple concept, but it's, it's really important and it's the springboard that everything else comes from. So, for example, since I know that for me, my central intention is to help my seeker with self-discovery, I already know right off the bat that my intention is not to give them all of the answers or to solve all of the problems for them. 
And that alone, getting clear on that as the first step when you're reading for someone else, I think can be a huge revelation for you as a tarot reader. One thing that I sometimes see tripping people up when they first start reading for other people is they put a lot of pressure on themselves that they need to be this beacon of wisdom that is going to be able to offer all of these solutions through what they see in the cards. You know, they think that they're going to read the cards for someone else and be able to tell them, oh yeah, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and then your problems will be solved. And for some people that may work, and um, for some people that approach to tarot may be in alignment with their values and their vision, but it's not what works well for me, and it's, I would go as far as to say, I don't think it's what works well for many, many tarot readers. So instead of going into a reading for someone else thinking, I need to be able to solve all of their problems, Instead, I think it is more beneficial to go into a reading for someone else and think, I want to help them see their problems from new perspectives. I want to give them some resources for perhaps tapping into their own strengths in navigating this situation. And I want to perhaps give them some nudges to understand themselves more deeply and find where the opportunities for them to learn and grow through this situation may be. I've seen time and time again in the almost four years now that I've been reading tarot professionally that people are capable of walking their own path and navigating their own complex situations. They don't require me as a tarot reader to sidestep their own autonomy and tell them what to do. Instead, I think where my strengths lie and where a tarot reader can be really beneficial is in helping people get through the fog that is preventing them from owning their own autonomy. So I am always trying to give my clients nudges and give them suggestions that will reunite them with their sense of empowerment and with their knowledge that they indeed can navigate this situation themselves. I will also say that this does not mean that I never give people suggestions on actions to take. In fact, I think that it is really useful to give people suggested actions when you're giving them a tarot reading. But I think that the caveat with that is it always comes from the perspective that this is a suggested action. And the suggested actions that I give are always in the service of helping the person become greater attuned to their own sense of clarity. So it's never about suggesting, you know, you should do this thing and that's going to solve everything. It's more about suggesting you should do this thing and that might bring you closer in touch with your own answers. I can kind of right now in my head hear someone out there who has just started reading tarot for other people or maybe hasn't even quite taken that step yet thinking but Carrie people people come to me because they want answers that's why people come for a tarot reading and I will say a couple of things about that the first is in my experience and this is true for a lot of other tarot readers I talk to 
the more that you develop your practice and the more that you get used to your own style as a tarot reader, the more you will attract seekers who are in alignment with your style. So I know when I first started reading tarot, first of all, it took me a while to develop my style as a tarot reader. So that's one thing to remember if you're just getting started, that it's going to take you some practice and it's going to take you a lot of experience reading for other people to figure out how that works for you. And I can also look back now to my earlier days of reading for other people and see that it was more common then for me to have people approaching me for a reading who weren't quite totally always in alignment with my style. But what I found is that the longer I go on and the more clear I get about who I am and what I do with tarot, the more I attract people who resonate with that. So you can think of that however you want, you know, maybe it's the quote unquote law of attraction or maybe it's something else, but I have really found that the more in touch you are with yourself as a tarot reader, the more you will naturally attract to you people who will benefit from your unique approach. I will also say that I found that sometimes when people come for a tarot reading, they initially think that they're looking for answers. They initially think that they are, you know, hoping that you will just sit down and solve everything for them. But that thinking is coming from their conscious mind and perhaps from more of a place of ego. Because on a deeper level, I found what most people really truly want when they come for a tarot reading is to be seen and to be heard and to feel like they matter and to feel like they can be connected with their own sense of personal power. The the thing about being seen and being heard and feeling like you matter is something that I heard from Oprah. She talked about uh, when she finished doing her talk show after 25 years, the main thing she had learned about people is that everybody wants to feel like they are seen and heard and that what they have to say matters to someone. And I, the longer I read tarot for other people, the more I feel that that is very true of people when they come for a tarot reading. They don't necessarily, on a deeper level, want you to give them answers. They want you to help them feel seen and heard and like what they're going through, what they feel, what they're experiencing, what they're navigating actually does matter. The next thing I want to talk about is something that trips up a lot of people when they are reading tarot for others, again, especially when you're first getting started. When I talk to people who are having some hangups about reading tarot for other people, some of the most common things I hear from them are things like, oh, I just feel so self-conscious, I'm really worried I'm going to say the right thing, I'm worried I'll mess up, I'm worried I'll get the card meeting meanings wrong, I'm worried I'll draw a blank, etc, etc, etc. And when you begin to examine these worries that people have when they're reading tarot for other people, you notice a pattern. And the pattern is that these worries are all about you as the tarot reader. 
you are putting your focus on yourself and not on the person that you are reading for. This is something I remember hearing, I think it was Marie Forleo talking about at one point, and it's this concept of where are you shining your light when you're working with someone else? And when you are dwelling in questions like, do I sound stupid? Am I saying something wrong? And all of those things we just talked about, your light is centered on you. You're in kind of a place of ego and you're making the tarot reading about you and how you perform and how you come across. Making one simple shift when these things come up can be really transformational. And that simple shift is reminding yourself to place that light on the person that you are reading for. It isn't about how you sound or how right you are or if you draw a blank. It is about being in service to that person you are reading for. And just that subtle energetic shift of remembering that it's actually not about you, making that subtle energetic shift can actually take you out of a lot of that ego stuff that comes out when you're trying to read for someone else. And it can kind of clear space, clear energetic space within you for you to focus more on doing what you can and being in service. On that note, this whole concept that you might draw a blank when you're reading for other people is another thing that I think trips a lot of people up when they're reading for others. So let's talk a little bit more about that. One thing that's worth noting is that there's no need to push yourself too hard to read for other people before you're actually ready. So if you still feel like you're in the first kind of tentative steps of learning the cards and getting comfortable with everything, you don't need to feel like you need to right away start reading for other people. If you're, you know, if you're feeling like you don't yet have enough of a handle on your connection with the cards to be able to draw meaning and draw inspiration from any card that might come up when you're doing a reading. So I don't think you need to force yourself to read for other people before you're actually ready to. That said, sometimes we do need to push ourselves out of our comfort zones and it is very rare that I talk to anyone who felt totally 100% ready before they started reading tarot for other people. Everybody I think feels a little bit nervous that they might draw a blank when they first start reading for other people. So if you are very new to reading for others, I think one thing that can be really useful to do is to just give yourself permission that maybe you will draw a blank. Maybe a card will come up and you won't have something to say right away. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, even though I've been reading tarot professionally, like I mentioned earlier, for almost four years, even for me, there are times when a card comes out and my mind just is static. It happens to all of us from time to time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't yet be reading for other people. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a good enough tarot reader. It's just something that happens sometimes. And I think when you take away the dread 
of drawing a blank, uh, you relieve a lot of pressure. And again, you're able to focus more on being in service instead of, you know, treating yourself like a trick horse who's showing up to this reading to just, you know, impress people and do somersaults and all of these kinds of things. Most of the readings that I do for other people are virtual, so I do audio readings and I do written readings delivered through email. And that works well for my approach to tarot because, well, for a lot of reasons, but tying into this whole thing about drawing a blank is that it creates a bit of a sense of spaciousness for me. I don't feel pressure if I draw a card that I have to immediately just like spew out nonsense. If it's taking me a minute to absorb and connect with the messages of the cards, I have that space to take that time to connect with the messages. So one thing that's useful for you as a tarot reader is simply figuring out what avenue of delivering a reading is in most alignment with how you function as a tarot reader. So you might find that you really enjoy doing face-to-face -face readings, or you might find that like me, you like having more of the spaciousness of doing a virtual reading, but having that awareness of what works well for your style can also tie into taking some of the pressure um, off of that idea of you know drawing a blank and not necessarily having an immediate response to connect with a certain card. If you're reading for someone face-to-face, most people that you'll be reading for are very open and receptive to you being honest with them and just telling them, it's taking me a moment to connect with the message from this card. And instead of, again, putting a pressure on yourself to come up with something right away, let yourself come back to your center. Let yourself take a few breaths and wait for that message to emerge. Because I have very much found that the more frantic you get about trying to figure out what the heck a card is speaking to you about, the less willing your intuition is to bring that message into clarity. So it's all about avoiding the urgency and avoiding that sense of franticness and giving yourself in whatever way you can that sense of spaciousness for the messages to come forward in a more natural way. Here's another really important thing to do when you want to give someone else a meaningful tarot reading. In fact, maybe this is what I should have started with. You need to get yourself into the right frame of energy before you even begin reading. Uh, quite a number of years ago, I made a video where I talked about the ways that I get myself in the zone or I would I would say the way that I set my energy before I begin reading tarot for other people. So I have a few little rituals that work well for me and I definitely think it's useful for you to figure out some rituals or strategies that get you in the right energy to give a reading as well. So I'll share with you a few of mine in case you find them useful or want to experiment with them. One thing that I do before I give any readings is just do a short meditation session. This is something I think a lot of tarot readers probably do, but before I start my work day, I just spend, usually for me, I do 11 minutes. 
So I'll set a timer on my phone for 11 minutes. I will often pick a crystal to work with during my meditation session and I just give myself that space to clear my head and get into the right energy. Another thing I will often do is wash my hands. So this is super simple, but I often do this between readings if I'm doing several readings during a day, which I often am. Um, And as I'm washing my hands and letting the water go down the drain, I just kind of visualize that I am also releasing old energy energy that doesn't serve me. Um, I'm releasing any, you know, lingering energy from the previous readings that I've done that day. And having that combination of doing something physical, like washing my hands, and also being able to visually see the water sort of running away and cleansing and going down the drain works really well for me. And it's a super easy thing to do. I also almost always have a cup of tea with me when I'm doing a reading and I have a a bit of a tea pantry at this point in my life so it is not uncommon that I will select a particular tea blend depending on the types of readings that I'm doing that day or sort of where my energy is and what I need to bring out if I'm feeling a little bit frazzled I'll definitely choose an herbal tea something to calm me down or on the other hand if I'm feeling like I need a little bit of something to lift me up I will choose like a green tea or a chai tea something with warming spices so having that ritual of tea works really well for for setting my energy to do a reading as well and then as I am uh, shuffling the cards to do each reading this is something that sort of depends on how I'm feeling in the moment for each given reading but generally I do at least 11 shuffles of the cards so counting those shuffles and counting to 11 is another way for me to center myself and get into the right energy to give someone a reading and I also as I'm shuffling the cards set out an intention to the universe and ask to be of service to the person that I'm working for. So those are just a few of the little little tricks that I use to get myself in the right energy and again I encourage you to experiment with what works for you, what gets you into the right headspace in the right energy to give a reading to someone else. On that note, I think it's also good to have the level of self-awareness to know when it's just not going to happen for you in that day or in that moment and you're just not in the right headspace to do a reading. There have definitely been days for me as a professional reader where my energy is just not right and I know that if I try and force it, I'm going to end up giving someone a reading that is subpar and that is not what I want to do. So if life is coming up or if you are sick or if you're just not feeling well, you know, whatever the case is, there will be times where no matter what tricks you pull out of your hat you're not going to be able to get yourself into the right headspace so I think it's important to have that level of self-knowledge to be able to say you know what this is not the time for me to be reading for other people 
Next, I want to share with you a few things that you can include in your readings that will make your readings more interactive and hopefully be in alignment with that aim to foster self-discovery in the people that you're reading for. So these are things that I try to incorporate into every reading that I give another person. Not every reading that I give will have all of these things, but I would say probably almost every reading that I give other people has at least one of these things included in the reading. The first one is prompting questions. So sometimes I frame these as suggested journaling prompts because I'm really big into journaling but they can also just be thought of as reflection questions or you know whatever works best for each individual person's approach. But the idea here is that in, in almost every reading that I do, I, I turn the light back to my seeker by presenting them with questions that could help them come closer to their own sense of clarity about their situation. Just as kind of a random example, if someone comes to me for a reading about something going on in their relationship, some of the prompting questions might be things like, how do you want to feel in this relationship? As you reflect on the past several months of this relationship, how have you been feeling? What have been the most prominent feelings? What actions could you take to generate more of these feelings in the relationship? How can you more effectively communicate your needs to your partner? And how can you also be more receptive to seeking an understanding of your partner's needs in the relationship? So those are just a few examples of how I integrate prompting questions into a tarot reading. In my experience, coming up with useful prompting questions is an art, and it's very hard to explain to you how to do this. This is where your intuition as a tarot reader is your ally, because one thing that a lot of tarot readers experience, myself very much included, is that as we are reading the cards for someone else, we become attuned to very subtle bits and pieces of their energy um, and it's hard to put that into words what that looks like but I always try and design my prompting questions to be related to those subtle bits and pieces of energy that I'm picking up from the other person. I will often sense and this will possibly be your experience as well I will sense these little nudges within my seeker's energetic field that seem ripe for exploration and seem like things that they need to bring more consciousness and more attention to. So those are the things that I will use to be the catalyst for the prompting questions that I provide. So tapping into this and figuring out how to incorporate this into your readings, again, it is an art and it does take some practice but the more that you set the intention to do that, I really do think it is one, one step you can take and one thing you can consistently integrate into your readings that helps take your readings to the next level and helps make your readings really, really transformational. 
Another thing that I often integrate into my readings are suggested affirmations. So a lot of people when they come to me for a tarot reading are harboring some unchecked beliefs that are holding them back. And the way that I think of affirmations is that an affirmation is a statement which is designed to remind you of something that you already know on a soul level is true, but perhaps your your conscious mind, your ego, your monkey mind is not in alignment with that deeper knowledge. So having an affirmation, having a statement to put into words and um, express to your conscious mind is a way to bridge that gap between the deeper soul knowledge that is lurking in the subconscious and the unhelpful beliefs, the unhelpful stories that are being propagated by the conscious mind. So I do really like incorporating affirmations into a reading when I get the sense that that's what is going on for my seeker in this given situation. I think where people get astray with affirmations um, and the reason that I'm a bit hesitant in how I talk about affirmations is that we we sometimes use affirmations that are actually not in alignment with our deeper soul knowledge. So affirmations can be a very delicate line to walk when you are using them or when you are suggesting them to another person. But as a tarot reader, if you are intuitive and if you do kind of get little pings from people's energy, you may very often find, as I do, that you're getting these little nudges about where this discrepancy lies between what the person does know at a soul level, but what they're actually basking in on a conscious level. And so sometimes bringing in an affirmation that is specifically crafted to bridge that gap can be a very, very helpful tool. So that is something that I do use when I feel called to use it in a reading. And then the third thing that I often incorporate in a reading is something that I already talked about earlier, which is suggested actions. So again, we already talked about this a bit earlier in the podcast, but when I do give anyone um, suggestions about actions that they might take, they're always just that. I always frame them as suggestions. I never want to come across as saying, this is what you have to do, or this is what is the right thing to do. Because again, my intention is always connecting the person with their own autonomy. So because of that, I will often phrase the suggestions that I give in specific ways. So for example, I might tell the person, consider trying X, Y, and Z, or ask yourself if doing X, Y, and Z might be beneficial for you. So I try to propose it as what it is, which is a suggestion, instead of proposing it as this is what you should do and it's going to solve everything. Just as with what I talked about with affirmations and prompting questions, if I give someone suggested actions, um, it's the same thing. Again, that thing that is hard to put into words, but it is about utilizing intuition to try to gently ease into 
where someone is and try to understand the patterns going on with their energy and then using my sort of uh, arsenal so to speak of tools and resources and knowledge and giving that person access to some of those tools and resources and knowledge that I think might be beneficial to them based on how I am intuitively understanding their energy. One of the last things I want to talk about is holding space for someone else when you're giving them a reading. The idea of holding space for other people in the way that I view this term is mostly rooted in non-judgment. So it's about creating an energetic environment for the reading in which your seeker feels safe to show up as exactly who they are. They do not feel like you are trying to change them. They do not feel like you are trying to bypass them. They simply feel like the reading creates an energetic space for them to show up in their full authenticity. So a lot of how you create space as a tarot reader is, again, very subtle and very intuitive. But the biggest thing that I think you can practice in a more concrete way is, again, that idea of being non-judgmental. Another important aspect of holding space is being willing to sit with your own discomfort as you give someone a tarot reading. So what I mean by this is that a lot of people who are drawn to tarot are people who have this natural inclination to be helpers. We want to help people. We want to bring people solutions. We want to bring people resolution. And when someone comes to us for a tarot reading, it can produce some discomfort for us that they have this challenge, this situation, this experience that they're going through, and we want to immediately solve that for them, right? Because we feel uncomfortable with that tension of them having this um, energy of whatever it is that is unresolved. So this ties into some of the things we talked about earlier in the podcast. It isn't your duty as a tarot reader to solve someone's problems. Instead, it is better for you to focus on being of service and to focus on holding space. Sometimes the main thing that people need from you as a tarot reader is instead of you rushing to solve whatever it is that they're going through, of you simply being able to stand with them and be present with them for whatever it is that they're feeling. That sense of validation is often much more transformative and empowering for your seeker than it would be if you tried to just rush through your own discomfort to solve their problem. This is something that I heard one of my utmost tarot icons, Mary Greer, talking about. I can't remember where. I think it might have actually been on the Biddy Tarot podcast, but she was talking about this discomfort that we sometimes feel and this this urge that we have to rush in and solve everything when what might actually be 
our better approach and the better approach for our seekers is for us to simply hold space for the person that we're working with, to see them, to hear them, to validate that they matter. A lot of this stuff that I've been talking about today is covered even more in depth and in some different degrees of nuance in a course that I created last year, which is called Tarot for Empaths. This course was designed for people who identify as empaths or have um, a high, high level of empathy, meaning that you are very highly attuned to other people's feelings. And the course is not available at this exact moment as I'm recording it. It was part of Tarot Summer School last year. However, I still have all of the material for the course and at some point in the future, probably later in 2018, I want to re-release the course and make it available for purchase. So I will keep you guys posted because if you liked what we talked about today, and if you want to go further into the myriad of ways that you can give people a meaningful reading, that course covers a lot, a lot of good stuff. So as always, the best way to stay aware of what's going on with me and my thoughts and my offerings is to get on my mailing list, which you can do on my website, which is kerrymallon.com. So by getting on my email list, you will be aware of when new podcast episodes are released. And if you're interested in the Tarot for Empaths course, whenever I re-release that, I will be sending out a notification to my email list for that as well. I really do feel I could just sit here and talk with you guys all day about ways to give a meaningful tarot reading because there is so much to say. And so now I'm coming full circle back to where I was when we began this episode, which is to tell you that there is much more to say. We have only started to scratch the surface, but I do very much hope that some of the reflections I have shared with you during this episode will give you some useful ways to explore your own practice as a tarot reader and to come into a greater ability to give readings to other people that you feel good about, that they feel good about, that are meaningful and that are transformational. I really, really, really believe and know through firsthand experience that tarot readings can be immense catalysts for growth, for self-knowledge. So I commend you if you are a fellow tarot reader and if you are out there in the world sharing your abilities with other people, I truly think that we're making a difference by doing this. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you again for being with me here for this episode of Key Finding and And I hope now to get back to putting out the podcast episodes more regularly. So typically I release them every other Tuesday. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Until then, take care of your wonderful self. Bye-bye.